Talk Radio 96.7. We are talking sports in the Ozone. The Ozone with Ronnie Owen, Coach Joe. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. Turning scrap metal into cash. Tequila. Yeah, Ronnie Owen, Coach Joe. Oh, yeah. Ronnie Owen, Coach Joe in the Ozone. We're talking sports. Give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. If you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Coach Joe, the SEC has announced the 2024 football schedule, and somebody did not like the Gators for sure. At home, the Gators are going to get Kentucky, Ole Miss, LSU, Texas A&M, Miami, UCF, and Sanford. Then, just for good measure on the road, they're going to get Tennessee, Texas, Florida State, Mississippi State, and just so they have one neutral site game, they get the Georgia Bulldogs in Jacksonville. So, one cupcake in there, and that's about it. Well, you know what happened is what happened last night was they announced the conference opponents uh, for everybody in 2024. As you know, they decided that to only go with the eight-game schedule once Texas and Oklahoma join Next season, for the time for the 2024 season, I believe July 1st, 2024, they officially joined the SEC. So they, they did a good job preserving all the rivalries, all the Gators' major rivals, LSU, Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, Georgia, uh, are all preserved. And uh, what basically happened is you got Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Texas A&M replacing Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. So, yeah, it's going to be tougher that way. But what really makes it tough for the Gators is they exceeded the SEC requirement about who to play non-conference. They scheduled not one, not two, but three uh, power conference opponents in Miami, UCF, and FSU. And FSU game will be on the road. So they will have the toughest schedule in the SEC. Everybody in the SEC is just going insane about how much harder their schedule is. But uh, the the benefit was, at least for 2024, preserve the rivalries, which they pretty much did. Now, as a long-term solution, they're going to have to figure some things out. But, yeah, it's going to be a really, really hard schedule, no Well, doubt. I think they did a good job with the scheduling, and they, they seemed to balance it out pretty well. But it's going to be tough. Well, in the U.S. Open, Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley – Eight under par, 62. And uh, there's still people out on the course right now. Harmon, Mackel, Harmon's at six under. McElroy is five under. And they got a lot of holes left to play. Two holes in one today. Two holes in one, yeah, the, including one by Sam Burns, which uh, was pretty terrific. They're both on that short 15th hole. The 15th hole uh, is playing a little bit over 100 yards today. Uh, it could get as short as about 85 yards, depending on where they put the tee or where they put the pin. Uh, but most of the course is pretty long. However, the fairways are wide, and uh, the conditions aren't as hard and fast as they probably anticipated because the weather's a little more cloudy and cool, so you don't get that sun baking out the course. And, uh, you know, it's not super easy. You get in that rough, you're in trouble. That is really pen, uh, penal rough. It's nasty in there. But uh, uh, the, the the scores are low, especially as the day has gone on. Because when when uh, Xander and Ricky Fowler shot those low scores, they did that this morning, they were five shots ahead of anybody else who played in the morning, which was Scotty Scheffler at three under. 
But since the afternoon wave has gone off, there's lots of low scores, not just the two that you mentioned or two or three that you mentioned, but uh, Bryson DeChambeau got through at three under. Mickelson's on the course at three under. And there's a number of other go- really good players. Uh, a couple of them are having trouble, though. Brooks Kepka's all the way back at one over, and he's had to rally to get to that point. And they're about to play the back nine. He and Rory are playing together, and the back nine is going to be a little bit tougher. So I don't know if Rory is going to get to eight under. I don't know if Harmon's going to get to eight under. They're both on the on the back nine. A little bit harder, especially the f- closing holes. They're going to give a couple back on those holes. Those are really tough. No doubt. Florida Gators. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, they will kick off their quest to win the College World Series out in Omaha, Nebraska. The Gators won in 2017, and they hope to repeat that again. So um, if they win, the, if they get to the second weekend, I'm going out there. I'm taking my grandson with me. I was out there in 2017 when they won that year, and I tell you, it is exciting when your team wins. Well, that was has been exciting so far. They do have a team capable of winning. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week after the regional, how impressive and deep their pitching was. It was even better in the Super Regional against South Carolina, a very powerful hitting team. They got off to a quick start, South Carolina did. But then the last game and a half, the Gators shut them down, including a shutout in that second game. You know, one of the things that's really bothered me is, and I guess it's good, that the Gators are just like an afterthought. And Jack Caglione, I don't get this. They keep talking about the guys from LSU. They've had great years. There's no question. But they don't pitch, too. Caglione leads the country, the U.S. of A., all 50 states. He leads it, 31 home runs. He's got the second most home runs ever, ever in the SEC. And he's a lights-out pitcher. Well, we'll talk more about that. Let's go ahead and take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to have Lindy Davis from Lindy's College Football Magazine going to be with us. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. This is Adrian Dinkle, head baseball coach of the National Champions Southeastern University Fire. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Zone. All right, in the Ozone we go. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe and yes, we are sponsored by Allied Scrap Processors turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie Owen, Coach Joe in the Ozone, and it's our distinct pleasure to have with us none other than Mr. Lindy Davis. He, the author of Lindy's Sports College Football Magazine. Lindy, welcome back to the Ozone. Ron, thanks for having me on tonight. Man, we really appreciate it. A couple things I wanted to talk to you about. One, how complicated does the portal and all these transfers make your job? Well, it's made it more difficult. Basketball is a lot worse than football, to be honest. You have a lot more in the portal in basketball. Uh, at least you have more of a time zone now in football. So it, it's made it more difficult, but we survive. You have to go with, you know, you have to pick a date to print your magazine. And you do the best you can. And it's, accurate. <laughs> it's accurate when we go to press. We hope. We should be. And, if you know, if a kid leaves after that, it happens. But that's always, you know, being being an annual, that's always been an issue. It's more so an issue with the portal for sure. But uh, basketball is ten times worse than football. I can tell you that, <laughs> no doubt. Well, the Florida Gators, um, real question mark as to how good they're going to be with, you know, with they've got uh, quarterback problems. They just don't look like a great roster. You have them ranked thirty second in Miami, 39th. I was a little surprised by that. I thought Miami might be ranked ahead of Florida. 
well, Miami was pretty bad last year. You yeah, they were. They were really bad last year. Uh, I don't. I, I, before I came home tonight, I looked at our All SEC team. I looked at our second team All SEC. We don't have Florida with a single player on the first two teams that play every down. We got the punter on the second team. Wow, that's that's almost unbelievable for the talent that's in Florida. And uh, no, I. Right now, Florida's a middle-of-the-road SEC team and nothing more. I agree. I don't, I don't see it. I think it's going to be a long year. I'll be surprised if it's not. I just don't see where the where the juice comes from. Like you said, they got question marks. The quarterback, Mertz, has been up and down uh, in his career. I don't know. Maybe he'll, he'll be a good player for Florida. But I don't know. I really see them as middle-of-the-road and don't know which way they're going. They finished 14th in recruiting. That's not good enough. You're not going to compete with Georgia. I'm sorry. You're not going to compete with the Georgia, Alabama, LSU's of the world. Uh, finishing 14th in the country in recruiting. That's just, you know, that's the way it is. Totally you know? agree. We're talking tonight uh, with uh, Lindy Davis uh, of Lindy Sports College Football National 2023 Preview, which is available now on newsstands. Uh, Join us in the conversation, 682-1430, 682-1430. You know, always tell the college football season's right around the corner when Lindy's uh, publication comes out. And we're talking about how the uh, Gators, Lindy, are uh, 14th in recruiting. Now, you're talking about the class they just signed. Uh, Correct. He has yeah, 24-7, that's where they have them 14th. It's not, not a disgrace, for sure. you got to work hard to get to 14th. But you just got to look at who they're going against. Georgia's one or two every year. And, uh, you know, Tennessee finished ahead of them. Accordingly. Look, it's all subjective. We know that. But there is a big difference between 14th and one, two, or three, or four. And, uh, you know, the SEC is brutal and it's fixed to get worse <laughs> next year. Oh, yeah. With Texas, Texas and Oklahoma coming in. So you're not going, you're not going, you're not going, I don't think, you put it this way, if he can, if he can do it at 14 each year, then he's going. He's one of the top three coaches in America. Because he's going to really have to, he's going to really have to coach him up. I mean, he's really going to have to coach him up. The other side of that coin is when we're talking about recruiting. Cristobal is a recruiting machine. He is a recruiting machine. He that's all he does is recruit. Well, he's, he's he's Nick Saban clone as far as recruiting. However, I'm not sold he's that good of a coach. Uh, I think he's a decent coach, but I I'm not sold he's a I'm not sold he's a guy that really knows how to coach him up. Uh, some people well, it's interesting your fan that, base won't agree with that, but I, yeah. that's the way I see it. Well, it's uh, interesting you, you have uh, the Hurricanes ranked seventh in recruiting. Uh, you don't like their team that they have going this year. Uh, FSU, which you do have ranked in your top ten, but in recruiting you have them down at 19th. So right. if if we're to it's, what do we glean as far as looking ahead? We know that well, this is going to be a tough season for the Gators, probably for the Canes, probably a decent season for FSU. But what does this what does this mean to you looking forward? Uh, well, I think Chris Wall Chris Wall is definitely going to get the talent. He's, as I've said, he's a terrific recruiter in South Florida. He'll get the player, and the, the Canes will be back. I mean, as far as they'll be a national player, I definitely believe that because he'll bring in so much talent. Can he coach him to the title uh, at the elite level? I think the jury's out on that. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. Uh, FSU uh, Norwell is a good coach. I think he's proven that, and he's done well in the transfer portal. Uh, and so you do have to look at it. It's not just recruiting now. It's, it's, it's the transfer portal too. Michigan, Michigan was down there in recruiting. wasn't, wasn't very high this year. They were like 18th or 19th and 20. But 
Harbaugh did extremely well in the portal. And so you have to look at both both sides of it. And uh, absolutely, I mean, recruiting is it's, uh, it's subjective, but again, you you've you got to get a, a certain amount of certain amount of really blue chip guys. I mean, uh, it's just the way it is. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully Napier can do better uh, in future years. There's no reason he shouldn't. But uh, I think he's an organized guy. I think he's a sharp guy. Obviously, did terrific at Louisiana, but. Uh, We'll see. The jury's out. No doubt about it. Well, we have a guy named Cougar Lou that listens to the show, and he's a big fan of the Houston Cougars. They're going to be going into the Big 12 this year. Dana Holgerson is going to be back as their head coach. And uh, they lost Clayton Toon, their quarterback, last year, and they also lost their top running back, Alton McCaskill, in the transfer portal. Um, what do you know about the Houston Cougars? Gonna be a long year for the Cougars. Tell your friends. Good basketball team, though, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> they're really good in basketball. We've got them last in football. Uh, Man, Holgerson is one of the most overrated coaches in the country. I believe I've always believed that. I don't know. He's still how he's still in coaching. That's my opinion. He had one good year at Houston. Uh, I think he's overrated. I think he's a jerk from everything I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Cougar Luke could I, not agree I, more I, I, with I, you. I've heard it from more than one source. I think he's an average coach. He, I mean, he knows a little bit about offense for sure, but overall, very average. And I'll be surprised if he has a job after this year. That's that's. I hate to be so blunt about the Cougars, but that's kind of the way I see it. Well, that, the, that's uh, the way Cougar Lou sees it too, and <laughs> yeah. he knows a lot about them too. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this: yeah. Today, I was listening to a national show, and a Texas guy called in. And the arrogance was just seeping out of my radio. I'm like, no, I can't imagine that. Can't imagine that. And, and here, here's my question to you: Alabama has pretty much ruled the SEC, and Texas ruled the conferences they were in. Who's going to win that battle? Well, Alabama's probably going to have their hands full. Texas has a quarterback, as you know, Edward. Edward's pronounced right. Uh, he was picking them apart last year. He got hurt. He's he's a very talented guy. They got a great wide receiver. They got a stud tight end. Uh, they've got receivers. They got Georgia Georgia kid transferred to Texas. Other wide receiver. So uh, it's going to be a tough game for Alabama. I'll tell you that right now. I don't but, mean the uh, game so much as I mean control of the conference. You know, yeah. Alabama's always been sort of the flagship right. of the SEC, <laughs> and Texas is used to being the flagship of their conference. And they like to throw that money around. This guy, here's one of the things he said. He said, you know, a lot of people in the SEC are saying we should drop down on our knees and thank the Lord that we're getting to come in there. He says, we just got bored with the Big 12. I'm like, you hadn't Whoa. won it since 2017. Think, what are you talking yeah, about? Well, well, look at their record over the way. And the last 10 years, I think I saw a stat that Texas has lost and this may be wrong. I'm, I'm trying to remember the stat. They had lost at least two conference games every year to somebody that wasn't in Oklahoma <laughs> for like 10 years in a row. So they've been the definition of mediocrity for the last 10 years. I'm sorry. I think they've so lost two in a row to Kansas. Yeah. So, you know, at one point, that, he's, he's, he's going back a ways. Uh, they've, had a, they've had a run of bad head coaches. Sarkeesian is a great offensive mind, but he has not proven himself as head coach. I don't care what anybody says. 
track record. He was very average at USC. He was very average at Washington. Those are not like those are not programs you can't win big at, right? Those are programs you can win championships at. He was very average at both of those places. So far, he's been average at Texas. Well, let me he ask you. well, but you know, we'll, it, 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 just the jury's out on him as a head coach. Still, well, let me ask you about this, Lindy. Uh, uh, Oklahoma, the traditional power, uh, they're about to head to the SEC as well. Everybody's taking it for granted that they're just in a little bit of a down period after Lincoln Riley left. I'm not so sure. Are they in decline, or is this just a blip? Well, again, same story. I'm sorry. Matt Brunable's great defensive coordinator. That does not make you a great head coach. You don't know. I, I don't, I don't, you don't judge him on one year. He got off to a real rocky start. Had a good recruiting year. But going from a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, going from a coordinator to go to the head coach is like going from being sales manager of your company to being CEO. That's what I've always you know, said it's like. And it's a, it's a different world. And it all depends on Venables. I just don't know. I just don't know how good a head coach he is. I mean, they have the resources. They have the history. They have the tradition uh, to compete with anyone. But, you know, Lincoln Riley, as great as their offenses were, they couldn't stop anybody. You know that. I mean, and same thing at USC last year. So Oklahoma has had a good program for a really long time. I just don't know how good a head coach Ben Venables is. That's my answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I think – I think it's possible they could, you know, be a power for a long time if he's that good a head coach. But the jury is out. He got off to a real shaky start. Let's say that. Yeah. Kind of like Napier got off to a shaky start. Yeah. Uh, well, it, Nebraska, but, I mean, and Napier had, had, you know, had more of a track record. He's at least been a head coach and successful. Yeah, um, I guess. Oh, I guess for for Napier, uh, what what do we judge as success for him? Not so much this year, but in the next couple of years. Is it about improving the recruiting rankings, and then we should look at at the win loss record? Or if, if they're six right. and seven again this year, is it just a, a proof that he he can't get it done? What should we expect? If he's if he's he six and seven this year, he better be in the top five in recruiting. <laughs> Fair enough, right. I agree. Right, he won't. I won't. He won't live to see a, a fourth year. Uh, both you can't you can't say uh, you've got to win games. I mean you, you you've got coaches that recruit very well and don't win games. I mean you've got to be able to do both. You got to recruit and you got to win games. It's not either or. You need to see you need to see progress in both areas. I mean it's, just, it's definitely not one or the other. But I do think the recruiting needs to get better. Lindy, the the day, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you got to win games at the end of the day. No, no doubt. And uh, it, I. I I forgot who it was. I'm sure y'all know him, but he's one of the beat writers for games. Well, he was going fine bomb a while back. Fine bomb asked him what he thought the record be next year. He said six and six. I said the 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 seat is getting very very hot if he's six and six this year. I'm sorry. I mean that's the way I said. Fans are so impatient. Y'all know that. I mean, oh yeah, every know. fan base is the same. It's like uh, Irk Russell. I had him on a long long time ago, and uh, he said, yeah, he said. This college team hired a coach, and they said, "Coach, we're behind you, win or tie." And uh, uh, I, I think uh, it's about that way. Hey, we told you we had Cougar Lou. He's on the line. Yeah. He wanted to talk to you, Cougar Lou. You're on with Lindy Davis, and uh, we talked a little bit about the Cougars. And uh, Lindy, tell him what you said about Dana Holgerson. Cougar Lou's going to love this. I said I thought he was one of the most overrated coaches in the country. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yes, sir. I, good, I good offensive mind. You, good offensive I, mind, but not a very good head coach. And pretty much, I'd always heard he's a jerk. He 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 played in the Birmingham Bowl here two or three couple years ago, or maybe it was last year before. 
And he was just, at the press conference after the game, he was bitching like everything. He had to wait for them, something. I mean, just acting like a total jerk. And I had just heard that before from somebody else. Too. But that's my opinion. I, I don't think he'll be long to be head coach. He's obviously moving up in weight class this year going into the Big 12. I, I heard everything you said earlier, and I couldn't agree more. But I have a question, and that is, do you see anybody in the Big 12 being formidable in football this year? Oh, yeah. I mean, Texas, listen, Texas Texas has the talent to be a national team this year. They, they, they've got the talent. They've recruited. I mean, they Sturkey's and has recruited well, and he's a good offensive mind. As I was saying earlier on the show, I just don't know about his ability to get him ready to play every week. You know, he, he's been very average as a head coach at Washington. He was average. He was average at USC. And, you know, being a great offensive mind and being a great head coach are two different worlds apart. And, and, and so uh, I think Texas is the only team that can make a national run this year, unless you had a miracle like last year. I mean, TC, that was pretty much a miracle of the year, any way you want to say it. They won about six close games, you know, and it was a great story. But then the proof was in the putting in, in the national championship game. Uh, but, I, yeah, I think I think Texas is the only team that legitimately could make a, be a national factor this year. Cougar Lou, we appreciate you calling. We're up against the clock, so uh, we got to let Lindy go here in just a second. But, Lindy, um, everybody, of course, can buy your magazine anywhere they sell magazines. Is there an online presence as well? Sure. They can go to our website, lindysports.com, and order it or call our office, 205-871-1182, or they can find it at pretty much any retail outlet. Lindy, as always, we appreciate you coming on with us. You always do a great job, and thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. I enjoyed it. Take thank care. you, Lindy. All right. The great Lindy Davis of Lindy Sports. And uh, you're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7. Yes, sir. It's Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone tonight talking sports. The Ozone, brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone, and we are pleased to have with us Mr. Phil Hancock, who was a member of that 1973 Florida Gators National Championship golf team. And uh, Phil, how can it be 50 years ago? My goodness. Phil, are you there? Uh we're having a little bit of trouble. I can't seem – I don't know if Phil's hearing me. Um, I'm not hearing Phil. Phil, are you there? No, I guess we're having a little bit of trouble. We'll get him back. All right. Eric is working diligently on it. Uh, uh, any, he'll, have, he'll have Phil back in a couple of minutes. And you were talking about 50 years. You know what else happened 50 years ago? The first time in the U.S. Open anybody shot a 63, it was Johnny Miller at Oakmont in the final round. Yeah, to and, win it. Huh? Uh, yeah, to win it. And it was done, it's been done five other times since then, but never better than 63 until today when it was and done twice. Do twice within half an hour of each other. Oh, my gosh. Ricky Fowler and Xander Schauffele, two great young players, two of my favorite players, both of whom great things were predicted. But you know what's interesting about Ricky Fowler is he'd been in a slump the last few years. Yeah. And he's only just now getting out of it. And to see him playing well is really exciting. And and Xander Shoffley is a player who won the Olympic gold medal a couple of years ago and is a, a, always a great player for the, for the uh, Americans in President's Cup and Ryder Cup. And he, he, it's been long expected that he was going to win a major soon. This could be the week. 
Could be. And, uh, I mean, that's just so amazing. They set these courses up to defeat the golfers, really, <laughs> to really test them. And, uh, all right, maybe we got Phil. Phil Hancock, you there? We're still having trouble hearing, yeah, hearing seems Phil. Seems like we're still having a little bit of trouble hearing Phil. Do, do you know? Oh, you are? Yeah. Hey, we got you, man. Cool. Phil, how can, can it be? Can you hear now? Yes, sir. We <laughs> can got you, hear, you now. Can hear you now. <laughs> Phil, how can it be 50 years ago that you and Andy Bean and, um, and that Florida Gator team <clears throat> won a national championship for the Gators in golf? Only the second one we had ever won at that point. What do you remember about that tournament? Oh, I, it was um, uh, the the guys played re- really consistent. We all did. We we took five guys, and they were going to count four scores. And uh, we got off to a good start. We were having a good year. We had just won the SEC, and uh, we had a lot of momentum going. And we we thought we could win it. And uh, it was very very windy out in Stillwater, Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State, and. Uh, but we, having played in Florida, we were used to playing in the wind, so uh, that wasn't a problem. But uh, um, everybody was playing pretty consistent, and we had a lot of confidence. And um, our our golf coach, uh, Coach Bishop, was a great motivator. And um, so, you know, we we put our heads down and went at it pretty hard. Well, we want to get your opinion. Um, 63 had been the lowest score in the U.S. Open, and today two guys within 30 minutes of each other finish at eight under par 62. What, what do you think of that? <laughs> well, that's un- <laughs> highly unusual. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. But I think what they caught was the they, they caught the golf course at the right time with the conditions it was a little bit the greens were a little bit softer and the fairways were a lot wider than than a normal u.s open they said some of the fairways were 45 yards wide well normally they're about 30 yards wide so they were wider fairways and softer greens and um those those two guys um scheffler uh, not scheffler but shawfley and um, uh, Ricky Fowler took took advantage of it. They made they made great putts, and a lot of good chips, and um, you know they played outstanding golf. We're talking tonight with Phil Hancock, great Gator golfer and a PGA professional back in the '70s and the '80s, uh, part of the 1973 National Championship golf team for the University of Florida as well as all-SEC player and SEC individual title winner in 1975 and 76. We're talking about the U.S. Open with uh, with Phil. Coach Joe here, Phil. Uh, you know, we talked about those eight-unders. Uh, I should point out that it's out on the West Coast, so it's still going on. Rory McIlroy is five-under. He still has several holes to go. And Dustin Johnson is five-under, and he still has several holes to go. The difference is Dustin Johnson has the front nine that he's finishing on, and Rory has the back nine, the front nine apparently playing a little bit easier, especially that sixth hole, a drivable par four. We saw one near hole-in-one. Actually, guy put it within a couple of feet. But a lot of people have chosen to lay up. When you get a drivable par four like that, uh, uh, what, what's, what's your preference, or when do you decide whether to lay up or whether to go for it, like on this sixth hole? 
Well, uh, a lot of times before we had a, we were using a blotter ball with a wood club. Yeah. <laughs> there were fewer you, you drivable could, far fours, go. no doubt. You, you were going to lay up back then. <laughs> now, today's with working out and having a solid golf ball and a, and a metal wood with a graphite shaft, you have a shot. Sometimes you have a shot at it if, if you got a little wind at your back. But uh, I, I would say, you know, a lot of the players would, would lay up. Uh, if you miss it on, around that green, <clears throat> there was a couple of haz- uh, bunkers and uh, it looked like a hazard or uh, barranca. And um, you could get in, in some bad shape where you couldn't get it close. So um, uh, if, you, if you're a big hitter like Roy McElroy, you should go for it. So. Yeah, yeah. It, uh... Dustin Johnson still has that hole to play. That's coming up shortly. Uh, he's a big hitter as well. So is Phil Mickelson, and that hole swallowed him up uh, as he, as he play, played on. Uh, you played in the U.S. Open uh, a number of times, including 1980 at Baltus Roll, when there were two 63s thrown down in the first round, uh, Tom Weisskopf and Jack Nicklaus. Uh, when you're in a tournament like that, what, what was it like when you saw that going on around you? Well, that that was pretty uh, impressive. Um you know, I was shooting around right around par and, um, um, you know, watching those guys shoot, shoot those low rounds was pretty impressive. Uh, that was a big golf course back in 1980 and, uh, Baldus was, and, uh, you had to really drive your golf ball there and, um, kind of unlike this week, where they could not grow the rough up where they wanted to. Uh, back then at Baltusrol, we had high rough. So it, a lot of times if you hit it in the rough, you could not reach the green in regulation. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a lot different back then in 80, as, as you can imagine today. But uh, um, they had trouble growing up the rough like they normally would for a U.S. Open. So that, as you can see, is you can see all these uh, better scores than normal at a U.S. Open. There's so many people under par, so it's it's going to be a low cut. No doubt about it, Phil. Um, one of the big stories to come out of golf this year is the merger between LIV and, of course, the PGA Tour. What's your opinion of that? Well. Um, <clears throat> I was kind of surprised by the uh, PGA Tour uh, doing kind of a 180. Uh, like last year, they were uh, up against uh, the LIV, and they were not accepting the players that went over there. They got suspended. If you went to the LIV like Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson, you were suspended from the PGA Tour, and you couldn't play. So – uh, without telling the players this year, uh, they did a reversal. I know they have spent quite a fortune on legal issues and paying lawyers, so I guess they wanted to bring that to a halt uh, because I think the PGA Tour might <laughs> might run short on funds for, for legal services, and the LIV would probably not. But uh, 
looks like uh, to me the commissioner did a, a a 180 on this and decided to, um, I guess, accept more money. And uh, we don't know the terms of the merger so far. It hadn't come out. But um, you would think that would probably have a lot to do with it. Um, if we're talking tonight with uh, Phil Hancock, great Gator golfer, great PGA Tour golfer for many years. Uh, what what are you up to these days, Phil? Well, I've been working, uh, calling on uh, golf clubs with uh, commercial insurance. <clears throat> and the um, last couple of years have been uh, providing uh, to the superintendent some biological products that uh, are really good. And um, it's been close to 17, 18 years I've been calling on clubs with for insurance. But I'm, I still teach some as, as a PGA professional and um, give lessons. Were you following the Gators golf team real closely? Oh, oh yes, I do. Um, did you like? Do you like the match play better as the as the championship format? Um, I would prefer stroke play. Um, it's it's a little bit different when you play match play. You can have bad holes, and it it doesn't show up. <laughs> and um, you you know it, it's it's a different strategy. If 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 you're going to take the low four four scores out of five, um, you know that that comes. You, you got to have four guys that play pretty steady golf. Um, with match play, you could shoot close to an eighty and still win a match, which is unusual. You could play bad and still win, and that happens. <laughs> or you could play a good you you could play really good and get beat doing that too. So um uh, I just think stroke play is a little more um it it, it defines your team better. Yeah, well could not the, agree more. Phil unfortunately we're up against the clock and uh, if you'll hang on the line Eric going to get a show liner from you and we certainly appreciate it. Great interview. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, Phil. Okay. Glad to be with you. All right. Phil Hancock, Gator Great. And uh, you're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. This is Marcus Alton, former QB at Florida State, better known by many as the Rooster. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone Talk Radio 96.7 with Ronnie O and Coach Joe, brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe. We are still in the ozone. We are taking names and kicking posteriors. And not only that, we are feeding the world one person at a time. We're solving world hunger one person at a time. So in the interest of doing that, here's what we're going to do. If you haven't won in the last six months and you know the answer to our sports quiz, you can give us a call at 682-1430, 682-1430. And if you know the answer, we will send you out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House in an Eric Clark limo or in his helicopter. No, you're not. <laughs> Don't tell him that, Ronnie. It's not true. 
Uh, anyway, you can go out to the ale house. You can eat and drink all you want, and we will take $30. They'll take $30 off your tab. So here's the deal. The Florida Gators have won one national championship in baseball. Was it A, 2017, or B, 2022? 682-1430. That's 682-1430. What year did the Gators win their first national championship in baseball? 682-1430 if you haven't won in the last six months. And you need to get out of the alehouse. They're located at 5650 South Florida Avenue. They've got 40 strategically located television sets. You can watch your favorite sporting event anywhere in the restaurant and have drink and meal specials every night of the week. So that makes that $30 go even further. Great for watching baseball there, too. Yes, sir. You're always going to be able to find the Rays. And when they're playing, you're always going to be able to find them there, uh, which isn't as easy as it used to be (laughs) with the (laughs) crazy rules on cable TV these days. Uh, But you can find the Rays, and you can also follow the Gators in the Men's College World Series coming up. Uh, They'll be very exciting. A lot of SEC teams made it through to Omaha this year, Ronnie. Yeah, three of them, LSU, Tennessee, and the Gators. And um, they're on different sides of the draw. So it's possible the Gators really got a favorable draw. Well, they're the number two uh, seeded team in the country, yeah. so so that uh, that that helps a bunch. And it, yeah, it won't be easy. Obviously, it never is. But I, it's like we were talking about earlier. The Gators, we know they can hit, but a lot of teams can hit. It's the pitching that gets you by in in these situations because you can't rely on just one guy. You've got to have a depth of pitching that that'll get you that'll get you through. And uh, obviously, very important if they want to still be around so that you can go watch them next weekend. It's real important to have a good weekend this weekend coming up. Uh, it's double elimination until there are only two teams left, one from each side of the bracket. Then those two teams, regardless of whether they've lost or not during the course of getting there, play a two out of three. Yeah, for the t- you know, title. What's, what's funny is I always love the, the phrase, two and barbecue. And what that means no. <laughs> is that you lost your first two games, so you might as well go eat some of that good Omaha barbecue because you're going home. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, every team that's uh, been there any number of times has experienced both ends of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah. the other thing is there's a Winning bar out there. Yeah, there's a bar out there that has a jello shot competition. And I think Mississippi State blew it out of the water. I think, or maybe it was Ole Miss. One of them, just the record was, I don't know, 1,500. They had like 3,000. I don't remember what the numbers were, but it was a tremendous number. What a great promotion and so (laughs) clever of that bar to pit these teams' fans against each other. And I would imagine that after you have one or two of these, you probably are prone to buy two or three more. (laughs) Just hope they're not driving anywhere. Well, I got to tell you guys, you folks uh, out there who are listening, that – this this thought of a jello shot competition is making Ronnie awfully happy. So, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see if he gets out there to Omaha. Oh uh, no. Now, I won't be now doing if they any don't make it to next weekend, can you still go out there and participate? Did it still count towards the Gators total? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but let's let's throw that sports quiz out there. We've already told you what the answer was earlier. The Florida Gators have won one national championship in baseball. If you haven't won in the last six months, Give us a call, 682-1430, 682-1430. And here's the deal. There's only two choices. Was it A, 2017, or B, 2022? So 
That's easy. 50-50. Come on. For a $30 gift certificate or $30 off your tab at Miller's Lakeland Ale House, my goodness. That's it's like Hank Stram in, in that Super Bowl four. It's like stealing. It's like stealing. <laughs> 65 toss power, power trap. They can't stop it. 65 toss power trap. They can just matriculate the answer to us. Uh, <laughs> there, there you go. You're going to get that $30 off your off your bill at the Lakeland Ale House, and it'll be worth it. You can watch the U.S. Open there, too, because there's going to be a lot of coverage of the U.S. Open this week. 40 TVs. I mean, yeah. you can watch the Rays. You can watch the Gators. You can watch U.S. Open. I mean, the Tiddlywinks Championship, you can watch that, too. Well, yeah, they actually have had that on there before. They always have the ESPN Obscure Sports are on there, too, on a side TV. I, I, I've never not been in there I've never been in there when there's not been cornhole on one of the TVs somewhere. <laughs> oh, me. Come on, somebody give us a call. We want to give this away. 682-1430. That's 682-1430. And all you got to do is tell us. It's a 50-50 chance. Well, did the Gators win in 2017 or 2022? There you go. Easy peasy. Come on. <laughs> Uh, the uh, still live golf going on, which I always love it when there's a live, not the live. West Coast. No, live, yeah, not not live. That's uh, you know, it's interesting. We really don't know how that's going to affect the PGA Tour, but if it's the way that the PGA Tour hopes, since they can't keep up with Saudi money, maybe they can get control of the Saudi money or with their with their help, and that would be able to put live off to the side and no longer threaten the existence of the PGA Tour. That's it's a very important issue for the PGA Tour. It's interesting, you know, Jay Monahan, the coach, coach, the commissioner of, <laughs> of golf in the PGA Tour, he's taken ill. The stress may have gotten to him. This oh, is, yeah. This yeah. is, uh, you know, like I said, it's a, a uh, what do they call it, an extinction event possibility for the PGA Tour if this is done wrong. So we keep an eye on that. But the U.S. Open, a great tournament. Dustin Johnson right now is the low LIV player. He's got it to six under, but it's Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley leading the way. All right. It's amazing stuff going on out there. All right. We're going to hang around for just a minute. You can still call 682-1430, 682-1430. Just tell us, did the Gators win their first basketball championship in 2017 or 2022?